This is good. Good stuff. Good stuff, my fellow. (laughs) After considerable technical delay, I think it's time to say hello and welcome to When Will It End? It's a movie podcast where we watch a whole series of movies. I'm Josh. That was the best one yet. I think it was. And it wasn't through trying or practice. Sometimes, baby, it just flows. It just needed, we needed those 40 we minutes. We needed those 40 minutes of, of It wasn't me. 40 minutes. You uh, fed the cat. Oh, okay. We started this process at, I think, 10.50, and it is now... Yeah, but you fed the cat. I fed the cat. I went to the gentleman's facilities. Yeah, you chat. I did. I did chat. And honestly, may I say, it was very satisfying. Really? It's the kind of thing, you, as a performer, you dream of before a show. Mm. Now, I've been, as you know, a performer for many years. Sure. And for many of those early years, I would nervously shit before... Every performance. Sometimes you'd nervously shit during your performance. I actually haven't. I don't think I've shit myself since early middle school. Wow, that's really great. I mean, hold on. It Wait, kind of middle school definition? No, no. Hold on. Once that's was not living great, in the... Josh. No, but look, that's on the later end of things. That's not so bad. I had like a hard. I had like food poisoning. It was the kind of thing where I was like, okay, it wasn't like I mismanaged my shitting. It was the kind of thing where I was like, oh, I'm having a problem. Right. I was with the rabbi's daughter. Mm. We were walking around the neighborhood. What'd you do? Well, other, we other to, than I shit used to your go pants. to her house to watch like Maury and Ricky Lake and like daytime television, Whoa. which was verboten at my house. But like, ironically, in the rabbi's den, um, I don't think that's ironic at all. I don't. I guess you wouldn't imagine. I think the rabbi, a, a, someone in the in the you know liturgical arts, to allow a Maury. Can I offer his, my? I mean, I'm a goyim. So, goyim is plural. I'm a well You're a goy. No, I'll say I'm a goyim. You're multiple non-Jews? Yeah. All right. For you? You are certainly a handful. Uh, As a goy, (laughs) I really don't want to intrude upon your religion. But from my own perspective, Mm -hmm. as someone that could speak for mm, an authority in my religion. Which is? uh, Veganism and science. um, I feel like as an expert, such as a rabbi, they would have so much faith in their daughter that they would allow Amori into their home, knowing full well that they would just see it as something to ponder. Wow. They wouldn't have any doubt that their daughter would be, you know, seduced by the Mori side. Wow. Turn into a dark Mori. I mean, inside all of us, there is a battle between light Mori and dark Mori. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, and this is not a bit. Uh, that person is now, as I believe, a sniper in the IDF. Wait, what, Mori? <laughs> yeah, Maury is a... You know, oh, the rabbi's, the rabbi's daughter. daughter. I now okay, is, so uh, she went full dark Maury. <laughs> I would argue yes. Yeah. I was told this enthusiastically by a family member. A oh, sniper. You hear, about, you hear about so-and-so? She's uh, She trains snipers in the IDF. And I was like, that's not good news, right? Like, I can't be alone in being... No, it's bad like news. bad news. I think any sniper in the world is bad news. Well, don't tell that to Tom Berenger. Who's that? And he played sniper in all those movies. In the Sniper movies? Sniper in all those movies. He Snip- was in the, in the Sniper series. Which, I've never hey, heard of Sniper. Maybe he'll cover it someday. Hey, don't do wow. that to Bradley Cooper, star of American Sniper. Well, I've heard of that. Yeah. But that's not in the Sniper series, is it? No, that's uh, outside of the Sniperverse. So that's out of the Sniperverse. Though it could be like a bonus. It could be like a Love Guru style thing for us. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird moment. I mean, I think it's one of the most successful R-rated films in American history. It was a huge cultural phenomenon. Yeah. We all flocked to see a pretty... Well, I didn't flock. You what? I might be multiple. Slouched? I'm multiple goyims, but I'd never flocked. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we did, I just pluralized the plural. Yeah, it's it's fucked up, man. You're running roughshod over Hebrew right now. It's not great. <sighs> I mean, I run roughshod over most things. 
I can I can imagine you running, but it's not as easy as you think it would be. Wait, I don't. I I lost you. Like I'm trying to imagine you running. Yeah, but you're having trouble imagining me running. I can imagine you running. Yeah. You know what's sad? What's that? I used to be really fast. Uh-huh. I used to be a good runner. I haven't run in years. Wow, that's sad. Isn't that sad? I remember in middle school when I was when you shit your pants <laughs> after shooting was my this pants pre or post pants shit. This was uh, post pants shit. I believe. Okay, good. No. It, Maybe it wasn't middle school. I don't know. Look, Let's call it preschool. 2001, for a lot of reasons, nice. was a crazy year. Right. That I was my I was in sixth grade. Wait, did you shit your pants when 9-11 happened? I heard about the towers falling. Wow. And something else fell. Oh, my God. A big third, stinking turd. The third death. Oh, no. No. <laughs> the third one. Oh, never forget. Yeah. Wow. Your teacher probably didn't forget that. Sure didn't. Josh in middle school, I was a little chunker, if you can imagine such a thing. <laughs> and I remember I learned about, like, velocity. That moment, yeah. Well, I remember they were like, we're going to see how much you weigh and then see how fast you run to judge your velocity. What? That's cruel. No, no, no. It was cool because it turned out because I was a chonko, but I could charge, <laughs> I had, like, a high velocity. You were charging chonko with a high velocity? <laughs> chonko with a high velocity. It's like, look, am I chonk? Absolutely. Sure. Do I have a high velocity? Hell yeah. It's pretty good. That's a good that's a good one. I, I'm sure I would have a very light velocity. Yeah, that scans. Because I could run real fast, but, you know, I'm just bones. Lies of feather, stiff as a board where it counts. <laughs> yeah. Your dick. That's right. That's Unlike stiff. fucking Marcus and goddamn bad boys, too. Oh, poor guy. I liked how quickly that went away. No, it, it took a minute. It took a while, actually. It takes him until he takes the ecstasy accidentally in the morgue. Yeah, you know, maybe I liked how efficiently it was scattered throughout the plot. Yeah, I mean, in the first movie, Marcus and his wife don't have an emotional framework set because of his his work demands mm-hmm. to have sex. Yeah, and in this movie, he is shot in the ass during a drug raid on a clan meeting on the shores of Florida, and the nerve damage from that accident means he can't get a boner. Information which, when explicated to his partner Mike Fowley, or I forgot his last name, Foley, Lowry. Lowry, Mike Lowry? Yeah, Michael Lowry. The fucking murderous Remember? sociopath? Lowry. Lowry. Ha. That's a, just a Texan. That is something, man. Ha. I'm Mike Lowry. Wow. So if I ever get caught in a lie that they might think I'm Mike Lowry, I'll be okay. He's not I Texan. Got it. He doesn't talk like that. Ha. I'm Mike Lowry. That is not what Will Smith sounds like ha. in this movie or any other movie. Yeah, it's a Texan. He's never done that voice. He's never been a Texan. Does he do voices, really? No. He does like a pretty strong Will Smith. He's fucking he great. He's really good at Will Smith. Smith. He's yeah. fucking. He's the best at Will Smith. You know that story about Charlie Chaplin? No, please go on. You don't know the story? I don't know. The story. I'm going to give you the short version because you know that how I go. Good, yeah. I do the long versions of everything. You frequently do. This is the short version. He got third place in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. Wow. Will Smith would get one, two, three, four, five. So he would get all the places. No, he'd do well with that. He's very good at being himself. And I think I was talking to somebody the other day about like a Tom Hanks. Versus a Tom Cruise. For me, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Especially nowadays. Like, he can be in all these movies. He, he never becomes the character. He's Tom Hanks. And I don't think that works for him. Like, the Mr. Rogers movie, I'm not even going to bother seeing it. It's, it's just a Tom Hanks movie for me. Where Tom Cruise and uh, Will Smith, they are so recognizable of themselves. But for some reason, I always believe that they're the person they are portraying to me. 
That's a really interesting point. I will say, like, I can explicate the difference between Jack Reacher and Ethan Hunt mm-hmm. pretty – I could just do it on the spot. Or, like, the Magnolia guy or – like, I think he really – especially – that's a cool, good point. Like, he plays a lot of, like, tough military guys now. And remember in Night and Day where he plays the guy <sighs> named I? Knight and, and Cameron Diaz plays the lady named Day? Do I? And the thing is that they don't get along at first. Do I? Uh, you know, the thing about Tom – Sure. I always say I think when movie stars they they I bet they get to set and they just go hey let's just have fun. I mean I would hope so because you know what my pappy told me if you, you do the thing you love uh-huh. for work yeah this is where it gets wait, complicated. Wait. I'm, I'm writing this you'll down. You'll never work a day in your life. Oh my god! Because you're doing you like what you. It's oh not. My god. It's not. It's fun. You're having fun. So I think both the rabbi. Yeah, and the rabbi's daughter haven't worked a day in their life. That's true. He loves pondering the like the the mythic cosmos and cosmology of, of mm-hmm. Judaism. Yeah, and uh, his daughter trains Israeli people to snipe Palestinians. Yeah, she loves that shit. Well, I mean, you gotta love what you do. Yeah, and honestly, who am I? Let let they without sin chuck the first rock. Wait, what? I think uh, it's it's from that's, this is from Christian shit, but like I think they're going to throw rocks at a, at a prostitute. Wait, really? Yeah, that Jesus. sounds like Old Testament shit. No, that's this is some. It's because it's no, it's, it's in it. the Old Testament they would just stone her. Yeah, to death. But, but Jesus is like, um, you're actually uh, a bunch of hypocrites. No, it's it's or does Mary do it? I don't know. No, I've it's if it's those that live in glass houses. No, le- shouldn't play with rocks well no because the grateful dead in the song playing in the band yeah they say and if a man among you has no sin upon his head then let him cast a stone on me for playing in the band that's good I'm it's yeah it's, it it's uh so i think it's like they the, the, the don't don't stone a whore to death with rocks if you're an asshole right because maybe you should get stoned by that same logic you should get stoned to death yeah it's something like yeah let let yeah you got it right something about, I, my dad knows it you bring him in where's he Oh, home. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he, we read Sipping the Pappy's whiskey. <laughs> he doesn't drink. Okay. Yeah, we read the Bible together. Wow. Yeah, uh, we went to church for a long time. I found out my brother believed everything, which is wild to me. Did you believe? Uh, like, I don't know how. In your when you're taught things, are like you you taught that it's real, or are you taught that it's not real, but you should like sort of take the messages out of it. Okay. Well, I, I grew up in conservative Judaism. Yeah. Which is. This is a whole other conversation. To make a very long story short, it's not as it's definitely nowhere near nowhere near an evangelical experience of like God is happening right now right. and everything is a message and you can have this relationship. Like it's definitely in my mind, like the biggest thing about religion is that like there's stories. There what they're now? fun stories. There's just fun stories? It didn't happen like like Here's the thing that's here's what drives me crazy. You're For saying example, it didn't happen. Here's a problem with Judaism, okay? And the murky the murky depths of the world I grew up in in Judaism. I'm not going to agree or disagree. I'm just going to stay quiet. Okay. I really I feel like if I doing. agree with this, it's going to be bad. So you just say the problem. Just don't say anything. I'm not going to say just sit there quietly. starting now. I'm not going to say, say nothing. nothing until you point at me. Okay, sounds good. You just pointed at me. I Should didn't I... point at you. I didn't point at you. Okay, I'll say just point I'm at my me. My hands in a fist. Just okay. Oh god, you'll that's know. Scary. You'll that's know when Papa's I'm pointing. Fist. You're in Papa's chair with Papa's mic. I got Papa's, Papa's mic. I got a new fist. mic. Work, Jesus work bought me a new mic. I'm testing it out with uh, this very important project, and so far, so good, baby. I'm going to let your dad know you did a great job. I didn't job. point at you. Shut I'm, the fuck up. You haven't. Okay. 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 Yeah. 
I know some people who think that Passover is a real story, that Jews were slaves in Egypt and that that has any truth to it. And it drives me crazy because it's like very no. There's very much – that very much did not happen. And it, that is one thing where I'm like we could use – I wish more people would be like, disclaimer, this is a story about why slavery is bad. It didn't literally happen. Okay. Okay. Let the record show I pointed at Charles. Yeah, it happened. It happened. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we were, we would read the Bible and um, forget. Yeah, he, he quoted that. He quoted a lot. He liked Jesus. Well, I mean, to paraphrase the quote from the somewhat homophobic mother in Bad Boys 2 in the, in the television store, you boys need Jesus. That was good. Did that, that resonate good. with you? No, because actually that was, my dad was actually, I think he taught the Bible right to me. Because we just read a couple of the Gospels, and he would basically just be like, "This is these are good ideas for how to live your life. Let me ask you this. As a potential father, because Lord knows, so far you've avoided the genetic pool entirely, but you could still sully it with your seed. Hmm. Is Bad Boys 2 the kind of thing you would say to young people, this is a parable about life that you could really learn something from? Yeah. Okay, now... Walk me through this. This is a movie that I found both <laughs> exhilarating and genuinely upsetting. Yeah, this movie, um, we've we've shit all over Michael Bay. The Turtle Verse was not we were not kind to him. Uh Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 are American classics that should be in a museum. There should be a museum that just plays Bad Boys 2 and repeat forever. <laughs> yeah. We were talking in the last movie, like, when do these movies, you know, in that movie, it was like, okay, you know, they're not actually that good at their jobs. They're like really neurotic, weird guys. Like, you know, is this movie like jingoistic, police fetishizing uh, fascism? And this movie at a certain point veers so Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly into being, yes, this is a jingoistic fascism that is being fetishized really dramatically. It takes a turn that I did did not expect. The end of this movie is full commando. We, they go full commando at the end of this movie. They do. And Commando is one of my favorite movies. I think I think once it reaches this level, it whether it means to or not, it, at that point becomes a commentary. Regardless, like this is one of those things where whatever the intention of the author was, it no longer belongs to them anymore. Once you have Seven dudes without shirts on or sleeves on with guns, showing off their muscles, blowing shit up in absolute mayhem for 10 minutes straight. That's no longer... Hold on, you just skipped in Cuba. They go to Cuba just illegally. do it for me. I don't give a shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. So this movie is fucking... I'm just saying, once you get to that point, it's no longer real. It's It's not like celebrating anything. It is so out of control that this is just... Um, uh, it's it becomes an exercise. It becomes a beautiful portrayal of violence, and it, I think it strips away any like whether this is pro cop, anti cop. It doesn't even fucking matter anymore. It's just so. I think it's beautiful. I think this movie is a beautiful movie in so many ways. I would say there is so much to parse in Bad Boys Two that it is you could teach a college course in Bad Boys Two. If I ever uh, ask for Amy's hand in marriage, sure, I will do it. While watching Bad Boys, too. will he do it on the pod? Yeah, hell yeah! I think she would be unhappy with that decision. I think so too. I think, if I I think I'd Allison, get a big old no. She would be 
I think very happy and then quickly upset. Yeah, but no, I I wouldn't do that. But I would do it while Bad Boy Two is on. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, because I do, I think this is. I'm not even joking. I think this is the height of some form of cinema. What if? So this movie is maybe most iconic for one of the best moments in a movie ever. The shit hit the fan moment? You keep fucking it up. <laughs> the shit real. Shit just got real. Shit got real. It's like the mimetic moment from this film is after two hours of fucking balls to the wall, tits out, absolutely ludicrous Miami drug cartel violence that is mesmerizingly violent. There, There is... In the last movie, I was like, there's a couple car chases that are incomprehensible and like objectively terrible and yet thrilling and awesome to watch. This movie has a car chase in it that is the fucking, I don't even know if there are words for it. I can't believe I had not seen this. It's called the fucking. I had seen this on television as a kid. Oh, and I think wow. watching it on TV, chunked up in between commercial breaks and probably edited pretty heavily. Yeah. You miss a lot of what makes this movie so fucking crazy because we're like, this is a two and a half hour. This is half an hour longer than the first movie. Mm-hmm. That does not both in our experience with doing sequels. We were scared. We were scared. Yeah. In the car chase where the corpses are spilling out of the back of a van <laughs> and being decapitated by a Ferrari as they drive on the freeway with like towers of explosions <laughs> right. rising up above the Miami Bay. I'm gonna have to interrupt. You set the scene here. You just said corpses flying out of the back of a van <laughs> getting decapitated by a Ferrari. Okay, a few things about this movie. One First thing on the screen that we see in the movie, it's just a black screen that says Ecstasy Lab, Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> it's sick. So basically, um, dr- uh, Ecstasy is the new bad guy drug in the movie. We're goodbye, heroin. We're done with you. Yeah. And so not only is it. Because ex- famously, as we know, heroin, no longer a problem in America. Sure. We've moved on since the 90s. Yeah. Not nearly as dangerous as Ecstasy, no, which, which boils your brains unless you stand in cold water. Right. Which is, as, yeah. you know, as a seasoned drug doer, I know that if I'm going to, you know, drop my bean and roll hard, I do it packed in ice. Yeah. Because <laughs> my brain could boil out of my fucking ear. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I can't believe people take this drug. Oh, it's so bad for you? Yeah. We see a club guy die early in the movie in oh Peter Stormare's club. He's like, hey, pull him outside. Let him die in the street. Yeah. I've never seen a boiled brain death before. Well, you have now, bad boy. It was boy. believable. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing white pants. Oh, God. I guess that's true. If it were believable, it just would have No, he was definitely wearing white pants. That's definitely true. No, no. I'm just saying if it were believable, you would have seen all that piss and shit just pouring out of his boiled brain body. It's true. Um, This movie is fucking... Loco. So yeah, you know, but like I think no, we didn't explain. We, let me just quickly explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quickly they're, explain. they're shipping drugs around the world and money, either in hollowed out corpses or in the <laughs> caskets containing the hollowed out corpses. Um, it is awesome. So they these guys. So there's a scene in the mid part of the movie where they like invite two people into the drug man's home. And Johnny Tapia, Tapia, I think. Yeah, who is awesome. He's guy. It has a great mixture of sleaze and gross sexuality and open flowing shirts. I feel like loves his mother, loves his daughter, loves his big project house in Cuba. Yeah. You put any man in in two size too big silk shirt and a and a nineties sports jacket. And by the way, we're talking sleaze. No, but okay, to, to up the ante. Yeah. Shoulder length hair. That's yes, and, and that's five hair. o'clock like eight o'clock shadow. Yeah. It's not quite a beard. No. He, he looks like, I mean, we, okay, this movie's a lot of parallels to one of my favorite movies, uh, the Michael Mann's Miami Vice, mm-hmm. which, by the way, comes out well after this movie, like years later. Oh, yeah. No, Michael Bay did this thing where he 
seemingly took like just basically ripped off other people and and did such a great job that they ended up ripping off him. Well, it's a complicated relationship. I, I want to yeah. stay away from those verbs for now. I'm not. I'm still processing. I will say we talked about it in the last movie. Um, it, th- this movie feels like heat on ketamine because like there's like at one point there's a gun battle in this movie with the Haitian gang mm-hmm. that is again we talk about these incomprehensible action sequences it, like World War Three breaks out in Miami in this movie. Where people are and just the like, camera is so close, you don't really know how it affects anything other than that one grill of the car. Yeah, it, it's so nuts. And then later in that action scene, they choose to put the camera in so many fucking insane places. Where <laughs> and the, they a leave car it in. will just hurtle into the camera occasionally. And it breaks. You can see like sparks flying, and it just—it's really cool. I think for me, that's—you can call me crazy. I just might. The you night, can call me young. You can call me a nutball. Okay. Just don't call you late to dinner. Yeah, please. If they're serving Beyond Burgers. Yeah, please. No, God, I'll be first in line. One Beyond Burger, please, for me, Charles I know Robbie. your mom likes to keep everyone in line until she says it's okay to sit down. What are you talking about? She always makes me do that. Wait to sit? Yeah, she's like, oh, it's dinner time. Just go wait in the hall. My mom makes you queue up in the hall? Yeah, I'm the only one, but I queue. Well, I mean... Call me a wild, wild, wild man, Okay. You're the Mike Lowry. I think I'm the Marcus. And you're Absolutely. The Mike, I didn't you know? want to say that. You're the fucking. But actually, we're going to talk about this later. And but I'm like the normal guy. Right. Last movie, yeah. I think that would be insulting to take Will Smith's character because he's just perfect and you're troubled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in this movie, they're both troubled. So I will take Will Smith this time and you can have yeah. Marcus. Because that's, I think actually that's pretty true. What, what's amazing about this movie is that, like, okay, so when we talk I'm, about a sequel. I'm a stone cold chiller. You're just so relaxed. It's, I'm relaxed, but I'm also uncaring. In a lot of ways. No, where you have that weird emotional remove of a Will Smith. Yeah. I think because you have like, you know, damaged guy logic brain, like when things are, when things seem pragmatic or have like an efficiency that you can judge, you're like, well, sure, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just ripping kidneys out of a body looking for stuff or whatever. Right. You can, you can do that. I'm Marcus. I see you arm like, like elbow deep into a human corpse rifling through it as one might search through an old duffel bag for a lost compass or knickknack. And I'm like, this is fucked up. I'm now nauseous and I'm now going to pound fucking ecstasy. You know what's cool? What at? Is just like at the end of this movie, uh-huh. you might learn a little bit from my stone cold badassery and shoot a man in the head. And you might learn a little something from my emotional vulnerableness. Mm-hmm. Hoosha. Hoosha. Vulnerability, probably. Hoosha. Woosha. Woosha. That was an interesting thing. This movie is great because it's about like how broken these people obviously are. Wait, but I, you can you might call me crazy. I could call you, you crazy. I'm just yeah. saying you. I'm going to say something. Okay, and it's okay if you react. Th- thank you for permitting me that. Because I'm what I'm about to say is this. Just say it, motherfucker. Best car chase scene in any movie I've ever seen. Um, I would Best say, car chase scene in any movie I've ever seen. By the time the big explosion happens on the freeway... Yes, that is what I'm talking like, about. It's like, this is so nuts. Though, though, I will say this. I would say Raid 2 and this are the heights of me being exhilarated by metal flying at each other. At the end of this movie, uh-huh. there is what I would argue maybe the only contender for that slot. When they drive the Hummer yeah. through the Cuban shanty town full of drug labs where they're simply driving a Humvee through corrugated tin houses that explode 
on impact with the car sure. as they Around hurtle it. towards Guantanamo Bay. That is one of the most psycho things I've ever seen in a movie. The only reason why I would say that that's not up there is because Jackie Chan did it in Police Story. So it's a little bit, you know, it's been done before. Yeah, but I guess like, I don't know, Call Me a Patriot? I don't know. But uh, this is an American movie, and they're driving a Hummer, and they're two cops who <laughs> oh, are kind of loose cannons, but they're trying to get the job done. Also, Jackie Chan, I don't think, kills as many people with as little emotional reaction as Will Smith does. <laughs> I mean, his emotional reaction is like gleeful smiles. It's a lot cuter. He yeah, he's it. really cute. He's really cute about it. He's great. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, sidebar. I didn't talk about this in the last episode, but this reminded me of Jackie Chan movie in certain ways. There's something about 90s action movies that... The set pieces, the way the like the roller coaster of set piece to lull felt very much like a nineties Jackie Chan movie where he's like breaking out in America. I don't know, I just and maybe it's just like the filming style and stuff in some ways, but not really. I don't know. I just I got some Jackie Chan vibes without any well, martial I mean, arts. I guess when I think of Jackie Chan, I think of these like beautifully choreographed sequences where this right. is more like Okay. I feel like if you cut a Jackie Chan fight scene and then just cut to any scene in Bad Boys it would like really flow well together. I can, you know, I guess the kinetic energy of the movie in the last movie, we talked a lot about the word flow. We did. I said the word flow a couple times. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. Pray tell what? Um, the oceans. Well, in a way, arts is cinema, not the ocean of our minds and hearts. <laughs> it's not at all. If you think about it, what are you talking salty, about? Salty filled with fish. <laughs> Emotional fish. Yeah. Yeah, the cinema of fish. Cinema of fish. Yeah. Um, okay, That's why Jaws is so good. Has a scene that, okay, for all the like the callousness of like Will Smith's character just like dispassionately mowing through people with guns and like rifling through corpses, whatever. There's also a scene that made me puke for a very different reason where they go to the blonde dreadlocked guy's house, Ice Pick. Yeah. No, not Ice Pick. Sorry. Ice Pick sends them to the blonde dread guy's house. Yeah. In Miami. There is a sequence that is so confounding and amazing. I loved it. Where Michael Bay swings the camera in a circle around the action, I want to say four times. More. I want to say more times. Maybe half a dozen times. The camera just goes careening around a room through a wall to show us what's going on in a way that literally I've never seen in a movie before. (laughs) It was cool because it didn't actually help us understand the space at all. No, it's confusing because Marcus is in a bathroom that I think is across the room <laughs> from them, so. but Will's to the left. But Will Smith is in the middle of the wall that they are hiding behind. And Michael he's Bay. cutting between yeah. Marcus in the bathroom and then these ludicrous arcing shots that just shoot around the fucking It is like an it's truly like loco. Michael Bay is one of the few filmmakers that can cut in a way that I do not understand how the two scenes are related to each other, even when they are literally right next to each other. Like, I had no idea where the bathroom was. He was, like, standing in the hall or in the room, and then it cuts, and suddenly he's behind a toilet. And I toilet mean, water splash on him, because Marcus can't get a break in this movie. Fucking can't get a break He in can't this get movie. his dick up he can. until he takes ecstasy, which, yeah. you know, it is a horny drug. You know what? Maybe that's what I felt. I felt like it was efficiently scattered throughout the plot but then not resolved i i'm not saying i wanted to like have a full penetrative like sex scene uh-huh. with he and his wife i would have watched it i just realized something yeah in the first movie will mm-hmm. smith wears a heat jersey 
Does he? And in this, yeah, when he's at, oh. when he's telling Marcus's kids stories about life on the street. Oh, you're right. As a cop. Wow. And it turns out, as we find in this movie, that's Marcus's Alonzo Morning jersey. So who do you think is going to wear the the Heat jersey in three? In Bad Boys oh, for Life, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Oh my they, god, okay, man! We are. This is a scattershot episode. This movie is such a it fucking makes sense. steamroller. If you've seen this movie, and I hope you have, I hope you've been keeping up, preparing for next week as sure. Bad Boys for Life comes out, which I am now so fucking excited about. This was better than the first one. Oh, absolutely! Like, I loved the first one, but like we we, we 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 believe it or not, tangented far away from this. I was trying to get to this earlier. When we talk about sequels, this is maybe the best archetype of what a sequel can be. Where it's like, you like the first movie? Guess what? This is the fucking, this is obviously the next logical step. Mm-hmm. It's the same framework. They're not throwing away the magic that works. But everything is cranked. That. Yeah. Like shit is cranked in this movie. We should do crank. No, I actually hate those movies. Yeah, they're... I find them like so unpleasant to watch. All right, let's not do I know crank. some people are like, "Oh, it's fun, like it's so over the top." It's like, no, it's it's literally Jason Statham screaming like Crank is born for Michael Bay. It's definitely like it's just Bay taken to the logical extreme. Yeah, illogical. Mm. Are you doing the Are you doing the Spock thing? I'm trying. It's not. I'm not. Good it's at like it. this. Yeah, I know. It's I a Jewish fingers don't thing. Work. Wait, really? Nimoy brought that over from the world of Judaism. Oh, yeah. It's like Yud Hey Vav Hey. It's like spelled the name of God. Yud Hey. Vav, hey, I think. What? But you just did it four times. There's only three things. No, but it's like it symbolizes something. Even the space, the negative space symbolizes Can you call that rabbi's daughter? Yeah, I'll call her now. What time is it in Tel Aviv? I don't know. She's probably killing somebody, though. I don't know. Could be Shabbat. No, it's today. Wait, it's the first day of Hanukkah. Is it? Yeah, happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Not to date the episode. Yeah, we always do that. But it is the first day of Hanukkah. That's exciting. Not to date the episode, but it's it's, uh, December 22nd. (laughs) What time is it, Josh? Uh, it's eleven fifty-six. Oh, it's baby. almost the end of the first. Almost the what's the what's after the first day of Hanukkah? Second day of Hanukkah. Baby. Really? That's it? Second we can day? review Hanukkah. We could. That's a series. We start with day one, <laughs> go to day two. After and, that, day uh, three. Then day. Who four. Where do we go after that? Day five. After that, uh, followed by day six, then day seven, and then baby, we wrap it all up with a big old day eight. Uh, I don't think we have enough weeks for this. Can you believe it? We're doing. Don't give it away. We're doing. Leave it. It's going to be nine years of. We'll, you know, tell, we'll tell him someday. We'll tell him someday. Um, yes. So okay, this, this movie is a fucking steamroller. Well, I want what I wanted to. I wanted to respond to that, please. Um, I was going back through last year, and I think Bad Boys. Well, I'm not going to try to remember everything we watched, and if whatever, I'm going to make a blanket statement. This is the best sequel. And you're looking at me even crazier when I said it's the best car chase. I'm trying to think because like Shrek Two was a nice logical step from Shrek 1, but Shrek 1 was such an empty playground that it doesn't even really count. And Maze Runner, I think, is a, a, a trilogy, so I don't really count okay, that. Let, let me, I'm going to go ahead and say that I agree with you. Yeah. In the sense that Bad Boys is such a well-established movie that if that was a one and done with a bad sequel, you'd be like, you know what? Of course they tried, but that magical one, lightning in a bottle. Right. This successfully builds on that in ways that I truly did not expect. Yeah, and actually, you know, the last episode, my biggest complaint about Bad Boys was that they talked about how uh, Mike was this, like, stone-cold killer. He was a loose cannon. He killed a lot of people, but they didn't really show us that. He was actually just a really sweet guy. He was confident. He was nice. He was sexy. 
And in this movie, Marcus is like, I'm fucking done with this. Yeah, because he's actually like just murdering people all the time. Right. And he, he puts me in situations on a regular basis that are so preposterously dangerous. This feels like a Raid 2, Raid 1 situation where the direct, like Michael Bay probably had the idea for Bad Boys 2, didn't have the budget, and was like, all right, I'll make a Bad Boys. And they like didn't have enough money to make scenes of Will Smith murdering people all the time. So they just sort of mention it every now and again. Like, oh, finally I can make my Bad Boys 2, which is what I really wanted to make from the beginning. Well, in Bad Boys, he's always talking about his body cam. And then you're like, that's morbid and fucked up. And in this movie, you're like, oh, no, he like legit murders he, people all the time. He's constantly just being like, what are you doing? Why aren't you shooting people? Or you should be killing people. <laughs> just kill that person. And again, like this is a movie where like these like nightmare cops break the law whenever it is convenient for them without a second thought will just drop you for any reason. The scene where they raid the morgue is so fucking insane. Yeah. Let's break down just that scene. All right. We're breaking they down a scene. This is scene a morgue corner. Through the crematorium and they're like there's dead people dust. So they're crawling down a chimney of human remains into an oven of human remains. Yeah, knock over That's the, the teeth. beginning of the scene. Yeah, they knock over the teeth. They hole. crawl out of the fucking cremation ovens to knock over a dish full of human teeth. <laughs> cool. Then they proceed to go into a room full of corpses. They start looking at the corpses. One of the corpses is a woman with very large breasts. Who everyone refers to as Bimbo. As Bimbo. It's extremely tasteful. <laughs> I would say they err on the side of being too tasteful. Yeah. Um, I believe Marcus says, Mike, you're looking at the titties too much. And, Mar- and Mike goes, no, I'm not. And there's a whole, they make a great hay out of that. Yeah, it's it's actually, it was really good. They do a good, good little banter. bit on that. Then it's time for Mike to start sticking his hand just into desiccated corpses. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. Marcus is puking. At one point he touches a corpse and its, its skull pops off <laughs> and he pukes, pukes again. again. It's fucking... Marcus has some watery puke. He has some watery puke. I think he should get that looked at. Uh, it's definitely like, what are you eating, man? Yeah, just water? Maybe he's just anxious. He's, just he's more water? jacked. He's more jacked in this one. He's skinnier in the first movie. He's more jacked in this. Yeah. Not I, like distractingly so, but like he looks a little thicker. Yeah, absolutely. In like looks, a strong way. Yeah, I think in Harold and Kumar, also uh, two franchises in a row where the second movie features Guantanamo Bay. Right, that was nuts. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, that, that was weird. So, but yeah, like definitely we're still carrying over that HK vibe, like two yeah. friends. A complicated relationship. Complicated relationship that has moments in Guantanamo Bay. Okay, but before we get there, back to the morgue for a minute. All right. The, the bad guys show up, so they have to hide in the morgue. In his anxiety, Marcus... <laughs> They find ecstasy. Two of the pills fall into a water glass. Marcus chugs the water, swallowing two hits of ecstasy. Can I interrupt? Yeah. I do not know what happened, but I I think I got... This is a weird story, but I'm going to tell it to you. Because I feel like you might understand me. I was at this pop-up where I was working for this vegan restaurant that I do. And the bartender offered us some water in sealed plastic bottles. I was drinking it. I put the cap back on. I take the cap back off. I drink it. And I feel something solid go down my throat. So I was like, what the fuck is this? this maybe, maybe I thought I was like, maybe it's a crumb. Maybe it's some food from the thing I was eating. And then I got really lightheaded and I have to sit down. 
Do you think I just made that up in my brain, or do you think there's anything that could have? Do you think I got drugged? Well, hold on. Sometimes you like hard swallow water, and there's like an air bubble that feels. I don't know. It felt like I something like scratched the back of my throat. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, and then I got like this like tunnel vision. And I don't know if in my anxiety, like, oh, my God, what did I swallow? Well, like, let me ask you this. Yes. Did you then go to Joe, T- Joe Pantoliano's house, put on a house coat, and start touching the walls and drinking plant water? Yeah. Wow. I saw Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Um, how would you describe Joey Pants in this movie? Not as good. Really? For me, he's, he's, as you said, he's like at a six in this movie. He's, he's very restrained in this. He gets mad. So, okay, so one of the weird subplots of this movie is that everyone <laughs> at the police department is undergoing some kind of therapy where they say, whoosha, and rub their ears. And I mean, it makes sense if you're working with, with Mikey, whatever his name is. Yeah, everyone in the Lowry. department should be going, oh, yeah, Michael Lowry. Well, there's a great part at the beginning where they're like, we're in, we're in therapy, and Mike's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to therapy too, and I definitely call this in my head. And he's he's just getting his dick, literally getting his dick sucked by his therapist. Yeah, which is pretty good therapy, I suppose. I guess one would hope there to be like a like more of a talk component of like maybe accessing memories. Maybe they just do it after after the the bleach. Yeah, after the bleach wuxia moment. Wuxia. Yeah, yeah, that therapist screamed wuxia. It's a cool movie because like, well, everyone else has to work on themselves. Mike just like. Just is is drowning in ass and murdering people, and sees n- absolutely no reason to inspect his life in any way. But I think that's what's why this movie's good. Yeah. Is that at the end, it's I don't know that Sid. We need to talk about Sid. I was just thinking the same thing. The great Gabrielle Union plays Sid, who is Marcus's sister, who's boinking Mike, and is also a DEA agent. Who launders money for bad guys. I think this is the problem. This is like the boys writing a movie. And at least they put in a strong woman character. But I think ultimately she... Is kidnapped. Is kidnapped. Is sexualized relentlessly. And is saved, fucking one of the main characters. And is the reason why Michael even really decides to make any sort of change at all. And become a better person. So her character really doesn't do anything for herself. She's just shown to us as like, oh, she's a, she's a DA. But like every, even after the first shoot, he's like, first time he shot a gun, isn't it? Yeah, it's extremely patronizing. Also, of course, her kidnapping galvanizes the entire final act. Yeah. So Michael so Bay she's still a prop in a lot of ways. Is definitely. But I don't take away from her performance. Gabrielle Union is, is charismatic and awesome. electric and kills it. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, is, everyone in this movie is really good. I would show this to my kids. Yeah, I think this is maybe a, you know you know little Bobby's first movie. L- little Bobby, little Bobby. Who's Bobby? Well, I name my kid for Robert Kennedy. You name your kid after Robert? Uh, Kennedy? Yeah, assassinated Attorney General and presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy. Yeah. Wow, that's an honor. God bless this country. God bless Robert. God bless the Kennedys. God bless little Bobby. Proud to be in Massachusetts, and where at least I met a Kennedy. You met a Kennedy? I've for work met. A Kennedy. How is that? Can you talk um, about it? I would prefer not to. Let's not talk about I it. I have a job. Yeah. It requires me to talk to people, and that is an interesting experience that I cherish. We'll leave it at that. Hey, hey door closed. I'm going to assume that it was a great time. I'll sit down with little Bobby and say, listen, you little <laughs> shit. I'm Wait, gonna- are you still talking about the time you interviewed little Bobby Kennedy? No, he's dead. Okay. I'm going to interview You're, This is your son. son. This I'll is your sit son. Sit the fuck down. This is a, a two and a half hour long movie that is filled with uh, literal bodies being churned to a pulp. 
Remember when you thought Johnny Tapia wouldn't get fucking blown apart by a mine? And then they blow him apart in a way that's so genuinely like upsetting that That's how problematic this movie is, is that at the end of the movie I was almost crying because they didn't blow up a body. No, this, that I wanted it to blow up. I was like, I so desperately wanted them to blow him up. The tonal shift in this movie when it becomes like a bunch of like CIA, DEA, Miami cop, like when it goes full paramilitary and these like actual fascists are like, it's time to invade Cuba to rescue your sister. We've wanted any excuse to do this. And now we'll go to Cuba and just mow people down. At one point, the Cuban army shows up and they're just fighting a battle with the Cuban army. It's very it's, small. It's insane. Yeah, very small army. Well, it's not the whole army. It's part of the army. Okay. But yeah, it's like six Americans. That tonal shift away from like scrappy cops. You know, because what's good about the movie is that like you mentioned this, especially when the great Peter Stormare shows up at Johnny Johnny Tappy is like, you know, house in Miami. It feels like a Guy Ritchie movie. Because at one point you have the DEA, the Miami cops, Peter Stormare, and the Cuban mafia gangster guys all converging on this one gun battle. And yeah. And when the house blows up and they're driving the Hummer through the ruins of the house, you're like, there's no way this gets crazier. And it's like, dude, it is. We're just getting started. We're just getting going, baby. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that, that the Russian or Ukrainian guy got killed so quickly. Yeah, Peter Stormare is a treasure. I thought he was going to cause a little more ruckus. I mean, he causes some kind of ruckus, I'll tell you that. Not much. He just sort of shoots the air a lot. Jack, the scene where he goes to the meeting and they, they cut his nice friend up with the kind eyes and put him in a barrel. Yeah, I was gonna. He did have kind eyes, didn't he? Yeah, Joseph, he had kind I eyes. I was gonna say that they must. That was a real flex because, as a company that uses bodies to ship drugs, they wasted it. Yeah, and they're like, you know, we use bodies. That's prime real estate, and we've got him in a bucket right next to you. That's a fucking power flex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, we never see his face. It could be anyone in that bucket. Whatever. Even if it wasn't him, they wasted a body to flex on him. Yeah. And so that's cool. We talked about this in Bad Boys. What makes Bad Boys 2 even better is that, once again, everyone is eerily well-realized in ways that you maybe wouldn't expect the entire time. But Johnny uh, Tapia's entire life <laughs> is like yeah. a whole little world onto itself. It's so great. He lives with his mother, his daughter trying on dresses. He's getting a, like a portrait done of his family around a cross-shaped dinner table. He has, he's trying to renovate his house. he gets mad about it. Like, There's rats eating his money because his house is invested with rats. Yeah. He's got like this, all this shit going on. And, and like <laughs> what's beautiful about the movie is that like – He's not like he's obviously a bad guy, but we see him pretty uncritically just like living his <laughs> life fine. a fair amount. Yeah, he's fine. It's like in, in a way, there's almost more so than in the first movie where you know the guy is a somewhat generic Eastern European tough at the end of the day, mm-hmm. sort of like a sub Hans Gruber kind of guy. Sure. And in this yeah. one, Johnny Tapia has like a lot of space to just do his thing and live his life and go to the beach and fucking. <laughs> I think know. that's why this movie moves beyond the realm of like pro cop fascist porn because it paints the bad guy in quotes i'm quoting in the air with my fingers i'm seeing it confirmed quote 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 yes uh the bad guy quote 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 indeed do i need to do it again you keep allegedly the bad guy okay the bad the guy alleged bad guy quote uh in the same way like he kills fewer people than will smith does yeah, he endangers yeah. fewer people than Wilson. Like he is as crazy as the cops. Everyone is a sociopathic monster except for Martin Lawrence, who is a scared 
anxious ridden, just like whoosh, whoosh, has nerve damage. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's really, that's why this movie works is that it, it gets so absurd that it's, it just is, it's, it's violence is muted in a way. Like I didn't, it, it didn't bother me, but maybe that's because I'm a Will Smith to your Martin Lawrence. It definitely bothered me because Will Smith's move in all situations is to endanger as many people as possible in car and gun related like fiasco. Yeah, that's, that's what like I his do. number one move. So look, okay, I want to go back to the beginning of the movie for a minute because you're sometimes wondering like, okay, here's something I, I love in movies. If you're a, a credits watcher, as I am, directors love to give themselves a big image with their name over it. To kick off a movie. <laughs> yeah. We talked about earlier in the movie, the first thing we see is Ecstasy Lab. It's the first words on the screen in this movie. It's amazing. We watch this like long chain of events happen where a boat goes to a drop point, goes to a this, goes to it a It was that. baffling. It is amazing. It whirls by and you're just like, what the fuck? It ends up, and it's like they're unloading the drugs and we're getting towards the director's title card and it's like, where's this going? As director Michael Bay goes on, the clan sets fire to a cross. Yes. So it says directed by Michael Bay over a massive flaming cross in minute three of the movie. What, is, what do you make of that? Like, why would, why would he do that? Because, I mean, look, this is a movie where in the first movie, while there's some racial humor between, like, the Latino cops and the black cops, this movie tries to address race in its own weird way, a little more head on by like being like, they're going to fucking bust the clan. Like what's more like, what's more, these are you know two black cops from Miami. They're going to bust the clan. Like this is again, th- th- part of the whole like fascist porn vibe of the Michael Bay experience is like, what's like the ultimate move to make cops cool that, you know, it, it's like totally the most justified ass kicking of all time. You know what I mean? Right. And it's that's just like, giving people what they want. I'm sure the trailer featured most, a lot of that scene. Right, including a performance by a, a wonderful actor named Michael Shannon, who is in this movie, and it fucking rules. Michael Shannon plays a Klan-affiliated guy who has a large role being taken in and out of car trunks later in the film and saying, I have my rights, which is great. <laughs> he says that a lot. He says it a few times. He gets thrown in the trunk. I got, I got my rights. But like, so in the movie, I think goes, his last line of his role is, what was it? It's like, you're taking away you're, my you're rights. You're taking away my rights. <laughs> it's so good. But in this movie... The first few faces that you really recognize, that I really recognize, one is Henry Rollins of Black Flag, which is hysterical. He's one of the first voices we see in the movie as like a fucking, I don't know, drug raid taskmaster dude. And then like relatively soon after, Michael Shannon playing like a redneck clan member. Right. So, I mean, for me, this is just so in my wheelhouse of like fascinating people. It's great. But I'm pretty sure all the writers are white. Oh, the, I'm sure so like, the racial politics of bad boys are it's extremely really interesting fraught. To have a very diverse cast. It is a very diverse cast. But in the same way that two Jewish writers were writing, I, I mean, I, that's, I just have to assume that like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence had some say in what was going to happen. No question. I would say yes. I would hope. At the end because of the day, like, there's a lot of like racial shit that a lot of white people writing about. It just feels weird. White guys writing racial banter for people right. of other races is not a good it's thing. It's crazy because there's like we the whole Mexican-American, African-American. Cuban-American. Like, just making fun of each other. And it's like, wait, white people are telling these other people to say this. Yeah, it's it's fraught. It's not great. Look, this is a problematic movie. I want to like underscore that like we're making merriment of this. But like there are 
be an adult. This is a very fucking intense movie that is not cool about a lot of things. But on the other hand, you have two black actors in the 90s and early 2000s starring in a like a huge giant budget, especially the second one, big budget action movie. And they're like, I was talking to a friend of mine and it's like one problem with the way culture is allowing black actors into Hollywood is by erasing black stories and basically just turning it homogenous and white. And I don't think that happened here. I do think that like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence probably like attain some level of what they wanted to tell in this story. And it's like, that's like, I don't know. It is interesting that a bunch of white people got together and sort of included that in the story. I don't really know what happened. I think they saw Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and were like, these fucking guys can carry a movie. Yeah. But like, it's, like it is it's, complicated. Like the scene where they, mixed they bully Reggie. It's like, Okay, there's white a people wrote that scene. scene. It's so strange. There's a wonderful scene where someone, get, a young man, comes to take Martin Lawrence's daughter out on a date, and it's like the kind of like it's a classic alley oop situation where it could have felt cheaper if it doesn't land so fucking well. You're really good. But at they it. just get Will Smith and Martin Lawrence trying to psych out this 15 year old kid. It is hysterical. It's so good. It's on the YouTube's. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, the N word flies fast and loose, and it's just like white people wrote that. I think. Well, it's definitely one of those moments where you're like, these guys have a lot of autonomy. They're the stars of the movie. Yeah, you just have to I hope do wonder that... how much improv happens in these movies. Right. Because clearly there's sequences where, I think in the last part of the movie where they're on their, their inflated pool things just screaming at each other, where I'm like, this feels... Yeah, the bad boys and they're singing. I mean, these are two like consummate fucking performers. Oh, yeah. There's no way that this, a lot of this has to be improvised. I don't know. We should probably have researched that. No. No, I'm just going to say no. no shit. <laughs> Who gives this a shit? This is a classic Mike Marcus thing where I'm like anxious about something. And you're like, no, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Drive the ambulance into the morgue. Who gives drive a shit? the ambulance into the morgue. Oh, I have points on my license. You fuck. I'll beat the shit out of you if you don't drive the license into the morgue. The license? license? <laughs> <laughs> the ambulance. Wow. But no, I, I think I trust Will Smith. I, I think I do. And I trust Will Smith, which is weird. Like, Michael Bay has shown himself to be a real piece of shit. But for some reason, like, Will Smith is on board for this. Well, I think, again, the absolute metric shit ton of money that these movies made. And they're great Can't fucking trust movies. anybody. Uh, Michael Bay appears in the movie. He sure does. Um, uh, Martin Lawrence is screamed at to carjack someone by yeah. Will Smith, as fits the character. Yeah. And the first car he wants to carjack is some honestly dank-looking, weird Euro like hatchback. Yeah. And Will Smith is like, fuck you, that car sucks. Don't carjack that car. And Michael Bay is driving. He's like, freak. To Martin Lawrence. fucking freak. Yeah. And then, and then the next on. car is Dan Marino, who's test driving a Cadillac, and they steal that car. That's it's really fucking good. sick. Yeah. What was that? Uh, Impala or... Uh... It's a very 2003 Cadillac. It looks like... It looks like shit. the one you drive in GTA 4. Yeah. A lot. Um, it looks like the standard sedan in that one. Jersey Report. I mentioned the Alonzo Morning Heat jersey. Um, during the, the absolute ludicrous balls-out car chase uh, Marcus is wearing interestingly enough a, a, an Atlanta Falcons jersey a Michael Vick jersey yeah the dog fighter which definitely fits for 2003 yeah. but it is interesting that the, he reps Miami really hard and yet is a Falcons fan the Dolphins are of course historically terrible yes so have they won anything it. ever uh, off the top of my head I mean you know Dan Marino was the, the lifeblood of that team that was a long time ago I remember watching that when I was a kid well, my dad is a big Jets fan, and of course the Jets-Dolphins rivalry was a big deal. 
Isn't it interesting that NFL, so the, the football's been happening. <laughs> hey, you heard it here. The football's been happening. And there are still teams that haven't like even made it to the playoffs. Look, as a baseball fan, I I love I adore baseball. I enjoy basketball and football. I am I'm trying to get into the spirit of it because it's a long winter. Are there baseball it. teams like that that have just like never made it to the play? I know the yeah, the, sure. The Cubs. There, there are teams. No, well, the Cubs won the World Series like recently, two years ago. Yeah. Oh, but that was like always the joke. What? What? I, I thought the Cubs. Yes, they were went through an, an extraordinarily like long, the Red Sox, like the Red Sox. Maybe yeah. I think longer. Yeah. I but remember like they, they were so uncompetitive for so long that the Red Sox kept getting within reach, yeah, and failing dramatically. Yeah, I think the, as a Mets fan, of course, yeah, our greatest moment of triumph ever came at the expense of the Red Sox. So you know, that's good. That's great. I love it. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 football is like still like the Browns. I think are just like or no, maybe not. The, there's a teams. There's teams that just like the Browns suck. were competitive in the '80s, and then <laughs> what the fuck. Had a, a trio of like disaster. I mean, the drive, the John Elway Broncos drive, the fumble. Uh, there's, a, I mean, there's sure, a whole the list fumble. of. Oh, God, blanks. I feel like fumble every night. Uh, like jacking it. Yeah, every yeah. night I jack it to the fumble. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Martin Lawrence does. Uh, there's a. Gr- Let me talk about a scene in this movie. Do it. They get. There's a lot of great tech in this 2003 movie where they talk about digital cameras. They they show sure. Joey Pants a digital camera and they explain how to use it. That was and, a really good scene. Like, how do I see the next picture? Yeah, it's great. That was good. Press the that next That was button. funny. And they have, you know, a fucking camcorder and some shit. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where they go to plug in the Haitian gang's camcorder into... The scene world. They go to, like, a fucking TV store. One of these things that young people do not exist anymore. Now it's like a section of Target or something. Right. No one just sells TVs anymore. That's feels. I think the closest you'll get. I think there are still stores that sell speakers. Maybe. I think there are still stores that. sell... But do you remember as a kid there were like there was like the TV? Store. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and then like the the big box stores were like, nah, no, you're, fuck, fuck you. you, this is not <laughs> happening. Fuck you. I got that TV at BJ's. The one in there. That's pretty good. How pretty much good. was it? Uh, hundred bucks. A little over hundred. Yeah, it's a nice deal. It's a nice deal. I like it. It's a good product. Yeah, I stand by it. I'm gonna lick it later. Um, so they plug in the camcorder to like the main plug in at the store, and they're now like watching like you know crazy gang footage of crimes happening. That yep. segues into someone fucking someone, and it starts playing on every screen in the store. Yeah, he's like, "Oh fuck, my dad! I, I work for he's like I, I work for my dad, and he's here." And they're a helpful white attendant who, who says who offers invites them over to listen to hip hop and flow and hip flow with him or something. Yep. He was so cool. His, his dad's mad, so they go into the like the triad, the cameras room to have like a deep emotional conversation that sounds like they're talking about anal sex, gay, anal gay sex. anal sex. Yeah. Somehow, I would say. I don't know how they did it, but it. I don't think it's as much of a problematic nightmare as it certainly sounds. As I say, no, it I don't right think now. it's a nightmare at all. Right. I think it's it's lightly funny. And then and there's the two gay men who are like, "Wow, Mike seems like a fucking asshole." Yeah, no. and they're not being made fun of. They're like, they're just like out of context. That people are like just genuinely getting emotionally invested in this conversation, right? And, and I think it's stunningly not. I don't think it's that bad. I think that a lot of movies. Like, we're taught as kids, like, men are taught as boys to be afraid of sexuality or in a int- lot of or ways. Int- or and intimacy, intimacy of any kind with other And, men. like, homophobia is, like, about, well, I like this dude. 
but I'm not allowed to like, it's just like, it's complicated. So like having these two guys that kill everyone all the time, sit down on a couch together, talk about erections, it's talk nice. about sex. People and it's like, are, yeah. they're having this heart to heart moment. And then fucking Will Smith is a piece of shit. Yeah. He's an asshole. And he's an asshole. And the other guy calls him out for it. Cause he's an asshole. He's like, I don't want to talk to you about your dick. Yeah. Like, what friend wouldn't want to talk to their friend about their dick? We've talked about dicks, I think. Yes, I hope so. I think we've covered that ground. Yeah. We could revisit it. I don't know. Right now. How's your well, dick doing? Honestly? Yeah? It works. Works? It's good? I think I've used it for most of the functions it's capable of recently, and it's firing all cylinders. How about you? You got two cylinders. I got a little, yeah, you know. Pissing and coming. Pissing and coming. Bleeding? Third cylinder? So far, no. Good. Keep that. That's a bad I cylinder. I don't think I've ever had blood come out of my dick. Knock on wood. I have. How was that? Can I tell you about it? Um, yes, you can. We don't have that hole that gets thrown no, into the ocean? right. Basically, Will Smith creates like a, a, a forbidden words. Much like in Rise of the Skywalker, a C-3PO can't translate Sith because it's evil. It turns right. into evil. But mama's titties uh-huh. and flaccid. He can't throw his flaccid dick. Into yeah. the ocean, into the Atlantic Ocean. Isn't a flaccid dick just less threatening in general than an erect dick? That's another thing I want to talk to you about. Okay. I feel like in the 90s and 2000s, everyone was like, oh, men's bodies are ugly, dicks are ugly. There's this whole thing. Like, people were talking about, like, you, no one wants to see a dick. Well, we're finally getting more dicks in movies, which is great. Yeah, and they're not ugly. Dicks, um, dicks look fun. Know. They're fun. They're you know they're they're fine for what they are. Dicks look nice. They're, I think they're I'm pragmatic. Say, dicks look nice. Dicks look nice. Hey, we, you heard it here. Dicks look nice. Yeah, yeah. So fuck that. Yeah, more dicks, please. But yeah, I got into a. I had my my bike. I I didn't have a GPS like phone holder on my bike, and I was a little bit lost biking home in old Boston town. Yeah. So I was looking at my phone. Which is a classic mistake. Don't ever do it. If you cherish your your dick, don't look at your phone or anything. If you cherish anything, you're looking at me real. Don't straight. do that. That's awful. What? Don't do. Be on your phone while you. I bite, know, but I was fucker. lost, so I was like barely moving. Okay. And then it was telling me to go down a street, but unfortunately, Google Maps had the street connect to another street. Okay, for just to be fair to Google for a minute, trying to map Boston, I know, is I'm a not, fucking nightmare. But I'm just so here's. In reality, what it was, was there was a huge, like, not a little curb, like, a fucking foot and a half curb between street and other street, and I was just biking along, and I hit the curb, and my dick smashed on my bike. Smashed on the bike. And I got home, and I pissed blood. Fuck. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah, it really hurt. That sounds so bad. It hurt more than any shot to the balls I've ever taken. Which is a horrible experience. Shot to the dick is worse. And you, I think when you're young, you get hit in the balls relatively frequently because, uh, like, you're in situations that invite that. Like sports, like moshing, sports, <laughs> moshing, just being friends yeah, with other boys. What population of the country the do you think? Like ten percent of boys mosh. More than that, moshing think, is like a fundamental expression. A fundamental passage. part of your life. So therefore, every boy moshes. If I did it. Everyone done it. Remember what I said in Jaws. It still holds true today. All boys are different. All boys are. That's really beautiful. All boys are different. That's from Jaws? Yeah. Wow. You talk about the Brodies? The Brodies of the world. Yeah. Remember, you're like, well, this boy, they both went to the same trauma. Why aren't they both having the same traumatic reflection? 
So this is a historic correction of me that you have been yeah, trying to tell the podcast. Yeah, boys are different. Wow. It's interesting when I think back on how ignorant I was before this podcast. All boys say thank you are different. Thank you. Yeah, you you're welcome. It. All boys are different. That's why like, when when Mike kills someone, yes, he has exactly no reaction to it. It doesn't mean anything. He doesn't to him. he just human life is nothing to him? It's nothing to Marcus. He's overcome with the sense of like nihilistic futility that is the taking of life. Because if to take someone else's life means yours can be taken just as easily. What did you make of the end where he like jokes about breaking up with his sister? Did he actually break up with her? That was left very vague. I think they were trying to set up a thing where in the third movie, it doesn't matter if Gabrielle Union's in it. All right. Which, I think by the it, way, I would I would guess right now it is unlikely that Gabrielle Union is in Bad Boys for Life. So this is great. I, I think it's time to ask the question. Okay. The question of the show. The name of the show is When Will It End? And I'm going to ask you, are you asking the question of the show? This is actually a, an interesting moment. This is a very interesting moment. It's so rare where we've had this ex- rising experience of the second movie definitively capturing the magic of the first movie and excelling it in every other way. So I'm a little nervous. There was an eight-year break between Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Yeah. Now we're talking about a 17-year break. Wait, can you do that math again? <laughs> Wait, what? The first film came out in 1995. Yeah. Eight years later, 95. 2003, Bad Boys 2 comes out. 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 1, 2, 3, 8 years. I know. I did the math in my head. Didn't need to count out loud. I got my fingers, baby. All boys are different. Yeah. Now, in 2020, 2020, 17 years later. Hold on. 2004, 2006, Was that 12 or 17? Sorry, I got to do it again. What? Wait, when did it come out? 17-year break. 17-year break. 17-year break. That's crazy. Most people don't even live that long. Most people die at 16 and a half, (laughs) famously. To make the 17, this culture, God fucking bless you. I don't know what you're doing. Oh, boy, I hope you Whatever you're doing, write it down, because I want a taste of that recipe. What recipe? I've had to get seven. I got a great vegan chili recipe. I'll write oh, that. Oh no, you. thanks. What? It's delicious. <laughs> I can. I don't need. No one needs to write down a vegan chili recipe. All right. What do you? What are you gonna do? You get some soy riso. You get some refried beans. You get some pinto beans. You get some black beans. Refried you get some corn. beans. That's a great addition. I never do that. Yeah, you get thickness to it. Yeah, I use bulgur wheat. Oh, that's that. Fuck that. Now it's not gluten free. Why add gluten to it? You don't need that shit. Just refried beans. It's a good thickening agent that's still chili adjacent. Hmm. Was he heated up? Get get the oil of the soy riso going. Yeah. Get the the wetness of the tomatoes, the chunky tomatoes in there. Sure. I can improv a chili any old fucking day. All right, I won't write down my vegan chili recipe. I don't for want you. your fucking vegan recipe. Funny for goddamn chili. Took it for the other side. Probably some fucking Isa Chandra post punk kitchen bullshit. Probably. Anyways, where was I? Hmm. Seventeen year break. Yeah. That is. A very long gulf for anything. Yeah. And I'm a little, one wonders, okay, so first off, in Bad Boys 2, we find out where Bad Boys for Life comes from. It's so fucking sick. Yeah. They're mad at each other. They're pissed as hell. And he pulls out his old high school yearbook. Yeah. And it said, it's just like, I love you, buddy. Best friends forever. Bad boys for life. Best friends forever. Bad boys for life. We're the bad boys of podcasting. We're the bad boys of podcasting. I it's feel like, I'm, old and I'm Josh. If we were, if we were, 
Wait, what? I'm Charles. Charles. Yeah. From the Bag Boys of Podcasting. Look it up. Uh, I feel like if we were in high school together... We would not have been Probably friends. would not have been friends. Yeah. But I think... I, I don't know. I was probably unbearable. I was definitely unbearable. You wore a bowler hat, right? That shit sucks. No, I didn't wear a fucking bowler hat. Like a circus kid or some shit? I wore a bowler. That sucks so bad. <laughs> I didn't wear a bowler and like hat. like a vest and some shit? I, I imagine you wearing like a vest and a bowler hat. And being wore like, ties. Oh, Terry Pratchett. Yeah, I wore ties and I said, oh, Terry Pratchett. Wow. I read every Terry Pratchett book. I read Douglas. Honestly... Okay, hot take number one. Oh, God. I'll take Pratchett over Adams any day of the week. Really? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I've read both of them, and I think about the Discworld books all the time. They're legitimately funny. and I'm going to I'm gonna up your hot take. Okay. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is... Fine. One of the greatest books ever written. Okay. The entirety of the Discworld books is much solider than the yeah. Guide series. The Hogfather, that book fucking rules. Mort, where you just hang out with death the whole book. That shit's hysterical. Uh, interesting times. Yeah, he's great. Then Neil Gaiman gets mixed up in it, and it's like, all right, Neil, step off. You fucking suck. I'm not a Gaiman fan. One, everyone's like, American Gods, it's amazing. It's not. The main character's name is Shadow. In, in, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Good one if you, if you knew someone named Shadow, every conversation would be like, wait, your name is Shadow? Wait, what? Every time he ever met anyone, their first thing would be like, your name is Shadow. Wait, I mean, I'm sorry. If your name is Shadow, if you're listening to this, sorry. One, sorry. sorry. Your parents sorry, not fucked sorry. up. Two, if you chose that, whatever. That's true. It's your life. Sorry, baby. but hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hari, not sorry. Yeah, Hari, not sorry. Hari, not sorry. <laughs> hashtag Hari, not sorry. When, when my cat Hari knocks stuff over, <laughs> he is not sorry. I'll tell you that right <laughs> That's now. That's what that means. Hari's not sorry. Hari's not sorry. He's very cute right now, though. He's, He's sitting on my lap. Chilling on the lap. At La Casa. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm agree. So we're this is the second time. Hold Termin- on, let's look back over. Terminator Six doesn't count because what they made so many. Arnold is technically speaking, I believe, in all of them in one way or another. Doesn't count for what? The, for a break. For no, like no, I'm just sheer- saying this is the second time we're going to be seeing a new movie in theaters. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Not sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can tell. I knew. I'm it. a nasty boy. Doing nasty things. Nasty um, man. So, and this is so we rarely watch contemporary film for this podcast. So, and but as you mentioned, this is a 17 year break. I'm looking at the list of podcasts that we've done. I don't think anything comes close to to like a continuity like this where it's the gang is back. We talked about it with like the Linklater comparison to Harold Kumar and that right. was only a 4 year break. It's fucking piss that's ass. Nothing. Like it's piss ass. that's how long it takes to make a fucking Marvel movie or something. Okay, I'm looking at Bad Boys 3. Let's see if IMDb t- gives us an indication. There mm-hmm. is a trailer. Do you want to watch it? Um on mic? Right now on mic? Okay. Let's um, do it. No. All right, live Let's reaction. Let's fucking do it. Right, live reaction here. to the trailer of Bad Boys for forever. life. For life. So that's the pre-trailer. Okay, here we go. It's definitely, that's definitely Miami. Do you want to make it full screen or no? That's all right. Don't worry about I'm, it. I'm don't worry. Don't worry about. Don't worry about. Don't worry about. The boys look good. Okay, he's driving backwards in a Porsche. Classic Mike. They said the fuck word. These are the fuck word. They're in Miami. Oh, wow. Oh, they cut back. 
They cut back. Oh. Once again, Marcus wants out. Uh oh. <gasps> That's the name of the movie. I like Will's looking his age in this one, which I like. Yeah. He's training new generation of bad boys. I love Joey Pants. I hope he's big. He's a little angel. It's true. Thanks a lot. We got it, Marcus. We appreciate it. So the banter's there. And there's helicopters. We got some good helicopters in Bad Boys too. Yeah. <laughs> that shot. The shit hit the van shot. One last time. One last time. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they're bad boys together. They're bad boys for life. Guns. Navy, guns, boats, yeah, Porsches, explosions. There's Will Smith. Do they leave Miami again? No. Oh, man, none of their old-timey trucks. I'm very excited. This This looks great. This looks like everything I like about fucking bad boys. Oh, we didn't talk about the fucking single coolest thing in the whole movie. All right. Well, the trailer's almost over. Sorry. It's so long. Sounds like Mike is up to his old tricks. (laughs) So... Martin Lawrence still can't get a break. Oh, this is my wife's car. Come to the front door. She knows. She always knows. Oh, we oh, learned that in no, what movie did we yeah. learn that in? I think uh, in, in, that's a common thread. What was this? What was the movie that said the, the women will always find out? Oh, that was in friggin' Force Awakens. There we go. Harry yeah. Ford. Okay, in Bad Boys 2, the most baller shit in the entire fucking universe is the thing where 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 Mike is driving his Ferrari and screeches to like a massive arcing oh, hole yeah. in front of the bad guys with a fucking machine gun out and just mows down like 30 living human beings <laughs> and just drives <laughs> off again. It's the coolest thing ever. It's, it's the most callous cool. display of violence in the movie. We should watch Hot Fuzz right now. I would, I'm honestly, I would do that. We should do that. I want to, because right. I never got the references... I'd seen Point Break. It is comically late now. Yeah. We thought this would save time. <laughs> I think today we've recorded two of our longest episodes ever. Now we've been getting We're longer. Like, oh, we'll do four movies today. Shut up. No, I'm laughing at both of us. We're the bad boys of podcasting. We made plans <laughs> and we broke them, We're baby. The bad boys of podcasting. Bad boys for Here's life. A, I don't think I answered the question. I want more. I want more. I, I don't care about the I want break. More. I want so this, much more. This is the strangest series. I love it. Yeah, like it, it should be against all of my values to right. like worship Michael Bay series, but like this is fucking, it's just candy, and I want to eat more candy because yeah. it's delicious. It's delicious candy, and I don't honestly no, fuck you. <laughs> okay, okay, fuck you. This is can not I, can candy. I fucking change my thing. Okay, yes, I of a please. Because fuck you if you shut stick, up. Just if shut you, up. Shut up. You shut. If you fucking stick with candy, I'm changing it. Fuck you. You. Jesus, you'd be such a mic Change right it. Now. Say you'd something be else. Such a mic right now. Yes. Hoosha. Hoosha. Don't jostle it. Hoosha. I'm jostling my ear, not the mic, okay, idiot. Hoosha. Okay. All right, you're ready. Okay. Hoosha. Um, the other day 
on the before I drive, I had beef jerky and sugar-free Red Bull. Yeah, that's what these movies are like. No, <laughs> eating beef jerky and drinking Red Bull, dude. This I this is why these movies work. There's so much fucking heart to these movies. Sort of. No, they're so brutally mean to each other, and and then they're fucking not. Marcus is yes, and then Will Marcus is, is so mean to his sister. This one, he, remember when he tells her she only got the job because she's hot in the DEA? Yes, that was this, really mean. This, just because people are mean to each other doesn't mean there isn't heart. There's we're, heart. We're talking but they about people it very brutally. We're talking about people that have come like they live a life that sucks. Can you imagine being friends with 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 uh, Mike? What's his Lowry? Name? Fucking Lowry! Fucking murdering people all the man. time. Can you imagine being Mike Lowry, where you are a rich kid? Yeah. That has his dream of being a cop his whole life and constantly but feels he like he shows needs up to, early and stays late. That's what I'm saying. He feels like he needs to prove himself. Yeah. He's rich. He doesn't care about the money because there isn't any. He cares about being a good cop. They toned down the class struggle elements uh, in this movie. He, yeah. Must fucking Marcus seems like he's doing fine. Marcus's house is a lot it's nicer. Very, very too. Let's very just say nice. whatever happened in that eight year period was good for the old wallet. <laughs> I think it was the $80 million increase in budget. Yeah. This movie's made so much money, and I get it. But no, I think that the the why these movies work is that they're ridiculous, they're fun to watch, but I've seen a lot of martial arts movies that are like great martial arts sequences that have no story. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, dumb action movies that bore me to tears. Will Smith, Marcus, or Martin Lawrence have great chemistry together, and ultimately they're telling a story about men who use violence inappropriately and try to learn from it, and maybe they don't. Maybe they do. It doesn't really matter if they do learn this is actually a very complicated story that uses violence, I think, in a way that showcases American masculinity in a really fascinating way. Well, certainly from the cars and gun standpoint, they got it on lock. They got it on lock. We were but- talking about how Mike's car is like never brushed by the violence, and then like the second he got like one bullet and he's like flips the fuck out. Yeah, and, and then he's like, I'm so glad I don't own this. When he steals the car, he's like, I'm so glad I don't own this car. I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. But no, this, I think these, somehow Michael Bay tapped into something. He figured out how to make a movie that, oh, Josh, I'm going to say it. Please say it. It's a cake and eat it too movie. I mean, absolutely. This is a movie that uses violence in a way that's like so fun to watch and so cool, but also shows you the trauma that you can have from living a life of violence. True. It's fun. It's sad. Sign me up. I'm here for life. Bad boys for life. Who's the smartest little boy in all of podcasting? It's me. You, the boy. With the daddy mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Man, put that one, fucking save that one for the fucking... Just gonna <laughs> just, I'm going to distort the fuck out of that. Please don't. Please don't do that, Charles. Hobby. We figured it out. I'm so fucking dumb. I don't know. Is it, that's good. It's kind of quiet, but like maybe that's good. You can just crank it on your end. There's like no hiss. The more gain, the more hiss. Yeah, that's fine. I can crank it. Let me just... One, two, three. One, two, three. One, 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 one. That's fine. I think we're pretty good there. I think we're pretty good there. It's hard being this fucking smart. Yeah. 
Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it took us uh, 40 minutes to figure this out. Time well spent. 